This is the Combed Education Podcast, and let's talk hair. Hello and welcome. Uh, welcome back if you are a regular listener, and if you are brand new, um, welcome to the Combed Education Podcast. Uh, my name is Aras. I'm your host. I am a fellow hairdresser, uh, been in this industry for quite a while, and I always share that I feel like it's my calling um, to contribute back to this industry that has been so incredible um, and so just rewarding for me. I've learned a lot of lessons along my uh, 21 years behind the chair, and my goal is to share as many of those lessons as I can with you with some of these resources. So the Let's Talk Hair podcast is a free resource for you. I also have the Combed Education blog, and if you are willing to make an investment in yourself, I do have the Fundamentals course shop. You can find all of this info at uh, combededucation.com. But today we've got some hair color talk. Uh, Today's episode is all about toning, and I'm gonna give you nine tips for not only better toning results or Uh, better end results when it comes to toning, but also longevity of your toning results. So let's talk about toning. Let's talk about how we can get better results. Uh, First, I want to say this because I think there's a common misconception in this industry and I feel like a couple weeks back I talked about this episode or this particular topic of toning, closing the cuticle or not. So I want to say this. You do not have to tone hair unless you want to change the tone of it. Like, it is not necessary to have to tone hair to close a cuticle. Like, please go listen to that episode. It might give you a little bit of clarity. But you do not have to tone hair. Uh, You don't have to close the cuticle with toner because it doesn't. So if you're toning just to close the cuticle, I promise you, you, like, you legit don't have to. Because here's the thing. If you love the raw lift that you achieved on your client, then leave it. Leave it. Just make sure that you're using an acidifying product or products to bring down the swelling and the pH so that the hair can feel smooth, but you don't have to tone it. So let's say you do actually want to tone, right? For example, the hair is too warm or too brassy or too light or too whatever. You want to shift that tone. What can you do to have better results and have these results last longer? I'm pretty sure you are toning hair on a regular basis. And so I'm hoping that in today's episode you get a little bit of perspective you get a little bit of education you get a little bit of some tips or some things that you can maybe start doing differently or looking at things differently to help elevate your skill set and toning is a skill set that we all utilize and i feel like some of us sometimes struggle with it so let's get into um nine of my tips i could have made this episode like 84 tips on toning but i had to like be strategic on uh, how much information I'm giving in this episode, and I may make a part two, we'll see. Okay, so here's what we're gonna talk about toning. So number one toning tip, um, use the right bleach for the job. So toning is our final service that we do after we have achieved uh, the desired lift. But the thing is, in order to get to that destination like right before you tone you got to make sure that the canvas is intact that the hair is still healthy that you got to where you want it to be so then you can shift the tone of it so i'll tell you this much not all bleach is created equal my friend um if you're always using the same bleach with the same developer on every single client you are setting yourself up for failure so let me give you some examples okay 
there are lighteners on the market that are highly alkaline. These are like the guns blazing big dogs, the nine levels of lift, the, you know, the, they're just very, very strong and aggressive. And so because they are more alkaline and because they are stronger, they're going to be more aggressive on the hair. So like if you're dealing with a level three coarse haired client that wants to go platinum, perfect, great option. But if you're dealing with a client that's like a level six with fine hair, especially if they don't want platinum, this is gonna be way too strong. It's going to lift you past the undertone that you need for that final result, the final tone that you want. Um, and it's going to unnecessarily damage the hair. So varying your strength of lightener and your developer based on the client's natural level, texture, and porosity is going to ensure that you get the proper lift before you even put a toner on it. Let's say, for example, you have a client who's overusing purple shampoo on her bleached ends, right? And you go in and you paint that lightener with whatever volume, depending on what you're using on the root, don't drag down that same lightener on her ends, please. If those ends are already light and they just need a little budge, like there are different lighteners or lightening products you can use to achieve that. You don't always have to use the same strength with the same developer on every client. So I want you just to think about what is their texture, what is their porosity, what is their starting level, and what do we want to get to? So if your end goal is platinum and they're dark, cool. But if they're level six and your end goal is a warm buttery blonde, please don't use a highly alkaline lightener with 40 volume. Like you are literally destroying the hair. Okay, which leads me into toning tip number two. Lift to the undertone that will support your final toner. So in other words, please do not lift everyone and their mama to a level 10. Like it is not necessary unless you're going for platinum. So when I say lift to the undertone that's gonna support your final toner, here's what I mean. If your end result, your end goal is a buttery blonde, leave some warmth in the hair. If you're going for a caramel blonde, like on the Burnett Balayage, you do not, let's say it one more time, you do not have to lift to a level 10 to get a caramel tone. You have to remember that the hair and what it contributes is going to be the foundation for your toner. So if you're lifting everybody to a level 10, you're not leaving enough pigment, you're not leaving enough structure in there to sometimes support the toner for the warmer hair, the warmer colors. And you're gonna have issues with longevity. Um, so you just consider where are you going to and what is the best uh, undertone that you need to lift to to support that final toner. If you're wanting better toning results, set yourself up for success, leave some undertone in there to support it. Which leads me into toning tip number three, do not lift too white. Here's the truth. If you leave the bleach on long enough for the hair to be white, please consider that that hair is now trash. If it doesn't melt off, you're gonna need a stainless steel treatment, little haircut. Um, just remember that at some point, a little bit of yellow is a sign of life. Keratin, which is the main building block of hair, is yellow. So if you bleach the hair to white, not only have you removed and diffused all of the melanin that's in the hair, you've also degraded the keratin of the hair, you've degraded those cortical fibers, and the hair will have no structure left. Good luck trying to tone it. 
This is where hair gets gummy. It feels like spaghetti noodles. Um, it begins to fall out. So if you want a toner to last, even at platinum, for the love of God, please leave some yellow in the hair. I see it on Instagram sometimes and you guys are lifting to white and that is, um, that is scary because that hair is now trash, okay? So toning tip number four, know your chemicals. I could literally, I have done a whole class on um, this. I have a whole module on the chemicals in the fundamentals if you're interested. Go to combededucation.com slash fundamentals. You'll learn all about the course shop and what I cover. But here's what I mean when I say know your chemicals. When we are toning, any oxidative color can be used to tone. I had an episode on this um, a couple weeks ago as well. You don't have to just use acidic liquid demis to tone. Any color can be used to tone hair. So an alkaline cream demi, great for a little bit of extra lift and great for a little bit more of an opaque deposit. An acidic liquid demi, great for a nice little soft and subtle deposit of color. It's gonna be a little more transparent. It's gonna be a little bit more sheer as far as coverage. Semi-permanent direct dyes, also a great option to tone hair, especially if hair is really, really porous, if it's kind of trash, if it's missing some cuticle layers. The direct dyes can actually stain the cuticle layers and kind of act like a filler in those gaps where those cuticle layers are gone um, and actually will last a little bit longer for some clients. So I say that because I know so many, so many of you are always resorting to the little liquid bottles uh, Shades EQ, Calora Gloss, Igora Vibrance, Draco Lumisha, whatever it is. Um, those are what you're always grabbing to tone, but there are times when we have to use different types of color for different results. So please don't sleep on some of these other options like a liquid, I'm sorry, a uh, cream acidic demi, a cream alkaline demi. There's a time and a place for all of this. So like I said, don't sleep on those other options. Always resorting to the acidic glosses, probably not the best idea, right? Hair is not one size fits all. Clients are not one size fits all. So determine where are you starting? Where are you going? What are you looking for? And use the tools that you have in your arsenal, okay? Toning tip number five, even lift equals even toner. So I can't stress this enough that your lift matters. If your lift is uneven, Let's say the roots lifted to a level eight gold and the ends are a level nine yellow. Say you use a level nine toner on the whole thing, you're gonna have a very uneven deposit of color and more. Um, an uneven lift is going to cause that uneven deposit of color. So when you're lifting the hair and you have different colors, you have bands, you have different grades of porosity, um, use different types of bleach and different strengths of developer to ensure that you get a more even lift. So like I said, if you know the ends are already a level eight, this is what I was saying earlier, and you just need to budge one level, but the roots need maybe five or six levels of lift, use a lower strength bleach with a lower developer, maybe even like a balayage bleach with five volume on those ends just to budge them, and then use your powerful bleach at the root. Um, don't just drag down the same bleach formula. You're gonna create insane porosity, which is going to be very challenging when you tone. But the goal is that when you pull those foils out, that that hair is the same color from roots to ends. Is 
hopefully the same porosity, the same texture from roots to ends. Because if you have an uneven canvas, whether it's uneven lift and or uneven porosity, your toner is going to be uneven and some parts are gonna fade a little faster than others, which leads me into my toning tip number six. Porosity matters. I cannot stress this enough. Okay, let's say you have two clients and both of them are lifted to a level nine, okay? Client number one naturally was a level three. Client number two naturally was a level six. They're both at a level nine now. So getting your natural level three client to a level nine will create more porosity than getting your natural level six to a nine. So using the same formula on both of these clients, so think about it, they're both a level nine, but one traveled a lot further to get there. That level three client went through the ringer to get to a level nine. That hair is definitely more porous. It's a little more trash than the level six client that got to a level nine. But you're looking and they're both a level nine and you use a level nine ash, okay? This is for an example. That level nine ash is going to look completely different uh, and is going to give you completely different results. Your natural level three client will likely be at a grade five porosity, which means that level nine ash toner is going to appear darker, muddier, ashier, drabbier, and will fade out way faster then the client with a natural level six with maybe a grade two or three porosity. So what I'm saying is you have to know what the hair went through to get to where you are now. How many times has it been bleached? How many times have you done treatments on it? Like what is the integrity of that hair? Because just putting a nine ash or a nine V on any level nine client, it's not gonna look the same. Porosity, matters i promise you porosity matters so compensate for the porosity in the hair um, in your formula by either adding warmth adding clear or using a lighter level of color because porous hair will uptake color very very differently than normal hair okay toning tip number seven the differences of applying on wet versus damp versus dry time and a place for all of this okay um this matters especially when you're talking about the texture and the porosity of the hair so applying on wet hair, like dripping wet, can dilute your dye load and give you a more sheer deposit. Likely won't last as long because the hair is full of water where the dye is gonna go, okay? Um, but sometimes you may want that dilution because hair is so porous, okay? Applying on damp hair, in my, in my opinion, my opinion, um, best case scenario, right? There's hydrogen bonding, which allows for the water in the hair and the water in the color to kind of like attract to each other and give you the best possible deposit, especially on um, hair that's porous. So applying on damp is my favorite way to tone hair if we're dealing with slightly porous and healthy hair. Now, applying on dry hair is going to give you the maximum deposit, especially when you're dealing with direct dyes. However, if the hair is porous, just know that your color is going to grab, and I'm air quoting, okay? It's going to take darker and drabber. So again, compensate by either working on damp hair or shift your formula. But there is a time and a place where applying on wet makes sense. There's a time and a place where applying on damp makes sense and a time and a place where applying on dry makes sense. It just all depends on your situation. Toning tip number eight. Let the color freaking process the full time. 
Louder for those of you in the back. If the manufacturer's directions say to process for 20 minutes, please process for 20 minutes. So washing it out sooner because it's looking darker or too ashy is a death wish for the longevity of your toner. Not letting your color process fully means that the dyes are not going to fully develop, which means that it's not going to deposit true to tone and it will wash out like when the client sneezes or like when you put a hot flat iron on it, it's just gonna dissipate. So you have to let the color process. Okay, if you're using a rapid toner that's five minutes, cool, five minutes. But if you're using something like Shades EQ, 20 minutes on dry hair is what they recommend. I think they may even recommend heat. I'm not sure, don't quote me. But it's a 20 minute process. So leaving it on for four seconds means it's going to last for four seconds. So if the issue is that you don't wanna leave it on longer because it's processing too dark or it looks too violet or it looks like, compensate and shift your formula. Add warmth, add clear, dilute with water. Do what you gotta do to let that process for 20 minutes so that you get full dye development. When you get full dye development, you are going to get maximum longevity of color. So those of you who leave it on for five seconds and wash it off, please do not complain that your toner is fading because you're not letting the thing process, okay? Okay, and my last toning tip, use the proper shampoo and get all of the color out. So this one, um, some of us miss, especially if you're using a, an MEA-based color, a color that uses MEA as an alkalizer. It is both my understanding and experience that using a shampoo with ammonium lauryl sulfate and EDTA is necessary to help remove that MEA. If there is any residual MEA and or any residual dyes left in the hair, those dyes can continue to oxidize and essentially cause premature fading and scalp irritations. So at the end of the day, I know that there's confusion with some brands saying you don't have to shampoo the color out. Your call, I wouldn't do it. I'm not gonna leave or let my client leave here with chemical in their hair. I don't care that I rinsed it out. Like I need to shampoo it out with the proper shampoo, okay? Um, at the end of the day, guys, these are chemicals, okay? And you didn't sure you wash all of them out. Um, your colors will last longer and you will avoid potential scalp irritations and potential issues um, with your longevity. So that is all I have for you. I tried to keep this episode short. Um, I hope that this was helpful for you. I hope that there were some tips, some takeaways, some little aha moments for you. Um, I always say if you find any value in my podcast or my blog or my emails or whatever it is, please feel free to share with your industry peers. That's the only way this information gets circulated is by you guys sharing. So I appreciate you taking the time to listen. I hope this was a good episode for you guys. And until next time, happy hair coloring.